Investing money into a business should give you profits. Farming is a business. Welcome to Farming for Profits. This is a podcast about the what, the when, and the how to transform your farm into a business and make money. This is your host and fellow farmer, Noana Siali Kadima, always bringing you positive vibes from the farm. that you are engaging from a 
wisdom perspective, from a knowledgeable perspective, where you get to know, understand what can I grow to make money. But most importantly, how can I grow whatever I'm growing, the passion that I have to make some money. And there are solutions that are out there, and we as a farmer's media always want to make sure that we bring to you some solutions that have, have, have worked, either for us or we have seen that they have worked, and uh, then we try to invest in. And today I have a guest with me, somebody who I have been following on social media, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I would like her to introduce herself. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to Thank Farmer's you, Media. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Corinne Herwayer. Herwayer. Yes, Herwayer. yes. Okay. that's it. Okay. Yes. Karim Sana, welcome to Farmers Media. And uh, something that, uh, that, that, that really struck me is, I think it was a year ago, when I saw you uh, talking about potatoes in uh, one of the social media channels. And I was asking myself, can potatoes really do well in hot areas? I remember that I asked one of the professors that we and I asked him, can potatoes really work well in, uh, in, in, in the heat? And he said, probably they can, but uh, let us give it time. So, Corinne, Karibusana, welcome. Who is Corinne? Thank you. Yeah. Um, the person you see in front of you, what you see is what you get. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, uh, well, uh, I'm not Kenyan. I was born in the Netherlands, uh, so I'm a Dutch citizen. I've been in Kenya for the last 12 years, so quite a while. I can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I think Kenya is a beautiful place. I, I love it here. Um, I see um, Kenyans are extremely friendly and warm and welcoming. Um, and they also see that there's huge opportunities in Kenya um, for business and, uh, yeah, among others, for agribusiness. And uh, yeah, that is what I have found myself in professionally as well. Um, so I work for a potato seed multiplication company called Agricole Potato Services Africa. And uh, yeah, I've been working with them for the last three and a half years, um, promoting the use of certified potato seeds to farmers. What brought you to Kenya? <laughs> adventure. Search for adventure. Search for adventure. Yes, yes. Have you have you got the, 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 the return? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm still getting it every time I go to the field um, to visit farmers and to interact with farmers. Um, yes, I get a bit of that adventure. Um, Kenya is beautiful in terms of the landscapes that you travel through. Where I come from, the Netherlands, it's extremely flat. And uh, yeah, when I travel through Kenya, there's usually some hills and mountains and uh, yeah, that scenery just really excites me and I find it beautiful. Maybe the same way when you go to Netherlands, you actually appreciate the flatness and the organizedness and everything is straight and in blocks. And, and large farms. Yes, yes, and that as well. Very different uh, environments, of course. Very interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned about potatoes and seed multiplication, but what is the origin of potatoes? So the origin of potatoes is actually in uh, South America. I think potatoes originally come from uh, Peru, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and at a certain point were brought to Europe by uh, the traders who were sailing ships and have then really been popularized, I think, in Europe. Um, and uh, yeah, my home country, the Netherlands, um, has become a major producer of uh, potato seeds and has really specialized in breeding activities um, for potato seeds. 
and as a result has become a, uh, yeah, the biggest exporter of potato seed in the world. Wow. What quantities are you talking about in terms of being, being a big uh, seed potato uh, exporter? What quantities are you looking Oh man, now I feel ambushed because... I don't have those numbers on my fingertips, yeah. but I'll get back to you on it. Yes, yes, but this is millions and millions of, of tons of potatoes. Um, yes, and um, what we do here in Kenya is still relatively small, um, but we can see a lot of opportunities. But um, uh, yeah, at the, our company Agrico uh, exports to over 80 countries all over the world. Yes, so yeah, it is a multinational really and uh, an international business, um, the export and, and sale of uh, certified Fantastic. Thank you very much for the introduction. And uh, so you, we've heard about Corinne. And now let us tell us briefly about Agrico. Agrico East Africa or Agrico Global. Who, what yeah. is Agrico? What you guys do? Yeah, sure. So Agrico East Africa uh, actually is a trade name that we use. Um, but the company here is called Potato Service Africa, which is a joint venture between a local company and Agrico from the Netherlands. Um, so yeah, we usually refer to as our mother. <laughs> and uh, Agrico in the Netherlands, like I said, is a, a very big breeding house um, specialized in a breeding of potatoes and uh, exports potato seeds all over the world. Um, in the 1940 to 1945, we had the Second World War in the Netherlands, and uh, after the war was over, um, you saw that um, uh, people felt optimistic again, and there was a very big boom in population. And as a result, also food productivity needed to increase to make sure that this growing population could be fed. And as a result, the Netherlands started to look at how do we make our land use more efficient, how do we increase productivity um, from our land. And as a result, they actually became so efficient in the production of potatoes that very soon they were able to produce more potatoes than what the country needed. And that is when now um, companies like uh, the breeding houses decided to specialize more and more in the breeding of seed and less in the production of the consumption potatoes. And um, yeah, then that naturally led to the Netherlands developing a lot of expertise um, in potato breeding. And so there are quite a number of big seed houses in the Netherlands and Agrico is the largest within the Netherlands in terms of its export volume. And um, yeah, like I said, they export all over the world. Um, interestingly, uh, where Agrico is located is actually on the reclaimed lands in the Netherlands. So you're aware that some of our farming land was once at the bottom of the sea, um, which we've reclaimed. Um, so the, the Netherlands, the average altitude is maybe two meters above sea level or three meters above sea level, depending on where you are. So we are very close to the sea and we're very lowly leveled. And um, yeah, also uh, at a certain point, the Dutch decided to reclaim some of the land from the sea. And that has actually proven to be very good farming land. Um, so yeah, the Dutch have been farming there and uh, uh, mostly doing a lot of potatoes on that land. So our mother company actually breeds potatoes below the sea level. Wow. Yes. Very interesting. A lot of technology, uh, farming technology, from the Netherlands. Correct. Do you think uh, 
Africa, Kenya, can be able to catch up within a certain time, or we just go, you see, we, we just go through our baby steps and just make sure that we are doing something. Is it possible to work to have like exchange programs between the Netherlands and Kenya that can be able to in, in, encourage young people, especially people who have studied agriculture, to perfect some of their skills? Is it, is it something that is possible? Yeah, I think there is a lot of opportunity for exchange and learning from each other. So, uh, like you have said, the Netherlands has really perfected some of the technologies related to farming. I know a lot of Kenyans also know the Netherlands for dairy farming, uh, its excellence there. And uh, what you see is that as a result, quite a number of Dutch companies have actually come and invested in Kenya, have set up businesses here, um, reasoning that uh, we have technologies that can help improve productivity or maybe introduce new products or processing and value addition of products um, so I think they are definitely see a lot of uh, sharing and learning um, I know also that the Netherlands embassy here in Kenya for example has been very supportive of the agricultural sector and of exchanges um, and for a long time there have been trade missions going between the Netherlands and Kenya or ne Netherlands and East Africa um, to encourage that exchange and learning from each other. Um, so that, that, that is definitely there. Of course what we need to realize is that um, the landscapes are very different um, in terms of, um, can I say, social and geographically. Um, in Kenya, a lot of farmers are smallholder farmers, and many farmers also do subsistence farming. Yeah, and then if you compare with what is happening in the Netherlands, um, we practically don't have, sus have subsistence farmers. So people who farm are typically professionals, who have gone to an agricultural college and say, my career is in farming, and approach farming as a profession and behave as a manager meaning that they're not only in the fields but at the end of the day they also look at the books and they also look at as a manager how do i improve my systems um, am i profitable how can i control my cost of uh, inputs um, improve productivity uh, and that is maybe something where in kenya the smallholder farmers uh, on average um, yeah, are not so much aware of uh, this. And um, yeah, I think we can also still learn a lot from each other in this area. Very interesting. Something that you mentioned that we've always been uh, having the same discussion with some farmers, that uh, very few farmers in Kenya are actually practicing farming. Most of us are doing that. So <laughs> is it true that if you're doing less than five acres, you're just doing that? Well, those are your words. <laughs> I think we are seeing uh, examples sometimes of people who do intensive farming on smaller pieces of land yes. um, and it is possible and you can I think make very good money out of that um, provided that you're very focused okay. yes okay. Um, but I do not know for example farmers who do five acres of maize I don't know if that is a very exciting and profitable venture and if that farmer also considers himself to be a manager of his crop why this is I mean, that's a very interesting discussion because we had some discussions with some farmers a few a few days back and we uh, there was a, a little bit of some confrontation because one of the guys who brought up the issue is uh, he said that he has been working in an organization in the Netherlands and if we actually saying that farmers can actually make profits from five acres and below then we do not know what, what, what we're talking about so why do you think that if somebody's doing five acres and below maize is not might not be profitable for 
I'm not sure. I, I, I know. I know. We'll go back to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's mostly about uh, increasing productivity. Right. And uh, well, I sometimes travel around and I see fields of maize that are not tended to. I spoke with one of my friends recently, and they told me, yeah, you know, my father has a piece of land, but he's not dedicated. We plant maize, but we probably harvest as much as what we have planted and you know that is obviously not business that is i don't know maybe occupational therapy or hobbies or hobby <laughs> yeah it is pretending that i have a farm and, and and that is what i do but as a farmer i mean if you want to do it well it can be a full-time profession so you and you need best. to be in your crops you need to invest your time knowledge resources on your crops and only if you do that is i think when you will start seeing that now okay i can improve my productivity by changing abc let's pause that we'll do that in the in the next part we want to dig in deeper because uh we're actually having some questions coming coming through now and we just want to know uh, that particular part of it is that uh, the discussion that we just a few minutes we just had is that i want us to, to finish the show okay in terms of getting farmers and so what what to do what not but let's stick to potatoes then yes. when it comes to guiding. Exactly. That is my specialty. Yes. yes. Perfect. Yes. So what are some of the problems of agriculture? I've seen that to you uh, very much in uh, the, the, the Kenyan FLNC potato program. But, uh, yeah, please tell us much about that and then we'll go deeper into now farming for potatoes through potatoes. Okay. Yeah, so I have to take you a bit back in history in that case. Um, maybe about uh, 10 years back. All right. Um, when I think globally we saw uh, that um, uh, in terms of uh, aid from developed nations to developing nations, the developed nations, uh, like maybe the Netherlands, um, said we want to move away from the tradition of giving of just aid more towards trade. Sorry, and I think this is a, a, a change that we saw in a lot of uh, Western European that maybe even started at the beginning of this century at the 2000s. So the Netherlands said we want to move more towards trade, let's stimulate trade because we believe that is more sustainable in the long term for Kenya's development yes. or, or for uh, developing nations' right. developments. Mm -hmm. And so, um, um, inquiries were done what is uh, the what are strengths from the Netherlands mm -hmm. that could help with um, increasing that trade between the Netherlands and developing nations and so like you said of course agriculture is one very obvious one um, and so then the Netherlands said we want to focus more on stimulating um, growing uh, investors and, and supporting Dutch investors who want to uh, trade in, in developing nations I want to set up business in developing nations and so as a result, then the Dutch government asked all its foreign embassies, can you tell us what is the need in the countries where you are? Mm -hmm. And so in Kenya, um, one thing that really came up in, in light of food security was that, um, yeah, we um, may need to diversify the diet more. Um, of course, Kenya is heavily dependent on maize yes. um, in terms of staple crop. Yes. Um, but um, for a balanced diet and also to spread farmer risk, it's good to have uh, multiple major staple crops okay, okay. and so one of the major staple crops um, uh, that also Kenya recognized is the potato 
Um, and then, yeah, the Netherlands Embassy found that if you look at the productivity for potato farmers in Kenya, on average, that time was really low. Um, the average potato farmer was getting maybe three to four tons of potatoes from one acre of land. Whereas in the Netherlands, they were getting an average of maybe 20 to 22 tons per acre uh, from a piece of land. Yes, so that's a massive land, difference. Some of this land is obtained. Yes, <laughs> the bottom of the sea. So the Netherlands said, can we do something to help boost the potato sector in Kenya, the potato industry? And when they studied the, the sector more, they found that one major challenge why the productivity in Kenya is so low, it's not because farmers are bad or farmers do not want to work, but one major reason was that there wasn't enough certified seed available for farmers. And yeah, there still isn't enough certified seed available for farmers. Estimations show that maybe two to five percent of all the uh, potatoes that are planted is with certified seeds. So that means 95% of the farmers doesn't use certified seeds. And that is one of the contributors why productivity is low. What happened because there wasn't enough seed for many years is that farmers decided to plant potatoes, harvest, keep the small tubers aside, sell the big ones, and replant those small tubers. Something that we have seen with maize in the past as well, yes. recycling of seed. In Kenya we call it kukamua. Kukamua. Kukamua the seeds, you know. <laughs> they even sometimes, yeah, some, some of the farmers in Mue also do that for tomatoes as well. Yes, 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 yeah. And what you have to realize is that every time you do that, you get a lower grade of produce because your seed is not pure anymore, okay? But also as a result of this recycling of seeds, um, unfortunately, when a seed has a disease or the soil that the seed is planted on has a disease, because a potato seed will always have some soil attached to it, if now I harvest my seeds from one shamba that had a disease and I plant it in another shamba, I have now introduced a disease into that other shamba. Or maybe, Noah, you had a very nice uh, uh, crop in your field. And uh, I ask you at the end of the season, Ebu Noah, give me some of your seeds. I also want to plant those potatoes. Unknowingly, you may the seeds may have gotten diseased because potatoes are very sensitive crop for diseases. And so unknowingly, you may think you're helping me, but you've actually accidentally given me diseased material. And so as a result, also spread of diseases, soilborne diseases in Kenya for potato farmers is a very big problem that also really uh, lowers the productivity from the land. So Agrico then came in uh, together with other Dutch seed houses to um, explore opportunities to invest in um, yeah, bringing uh, certified seeds uh, to the Kenyan farmers. Okay. Yes. So when Agrico came in and found all this mess that was going on, what are some of these steps that you've taken to make sure that at least we reduce the at least we, we reduce uh, uh, the, the losses farmers are facing, but also importantly uh, is to increase from the three to four acres that you, you found a Kenyan farmers getting to at least even if it's five tons, ten tons. What are some of these steps that uh, are yeah. Was, uh, yeah, so first of all, um, what we realized is that because, um, like I said earlier, uh, the Kenyan market is uh, dominated by smallholder farmers. Yes. We realized that if we want to succeed reaching the farmers as agriculture, we need to be on the ground. So sometimes agriculture works with a model of agents where an agent buys seeds and then distributes. But in 
Kenya that infrastructure has not been developed because there wasn't enough seed available um, and uh, yeah so Agrico said we think that it's good we actually come and invest in Kenya so first of all we had to find large enough land where we can produce seed uh, every year whilst observing crop rotation uh, techniques um, which is a requirement from Kefis um, uh, inspects and certifies our seeds so um, yeah we needed to find uh, uh, yeah, enough land and then at that land we've set up our seed multiplication farm we've put up a large warehouse so that when we harvest the seed we can store it there um, because um, yeah our primary production farm is rain fed and that means we plant at the center where farmers are planting so we plant in April we harvest in let's say August September and farmers are in need of seed again for the long rains in March. So we need to make sure that we can keep the seeds for all that time. So we've invested in uh, our specialized warehouse, conditioned cold floor where we can store potato seeds. Um, so we've built the infrastructure. And after we did that, now we started working on, uh, yeah, getting our feet on the ground yes. and understanding where are the farmers and how do we engage best with them. And what we realized over the years is that um, we really need to handhold the farmers. Um, when farmers come to us and they are interested to buy our seeds, we find that we really need to explain to farmers how to handle the seed in the right way, how to plant it in the recommended way, and also where to look for other quality inputs. Because our certified seed is great, but it cannot do miracles on its own. So that means also for our seed to perform well and for the potential that that seed holds in terms of the productivity to come out, yes. we also need to work together with partners um, and farmers need to understand that they need other inputs like fertilizer, like the chemicals, like I said, potatoes are very sensitive to diseases so we need to spray very often. Potatoes do need enough water, um, so if you're depending on the rainfall then you need to know how to time yourself. Farmers need to know how to plant, how to prepare their land, how to do weeding, etc. And so there's also a part of sharing knowledge. So is, is this something that you are uh, doing probably a problem that you have, that you farmers are sharing this or uh, you have partners who are doing this? Yeah, so um, from the year 2016 to 2019, we partnered together with uh, Bayer and with Yara, where Bayer is a company in crop protection and Yara is in uh, nutrition and we undertook joint demos um, in three different counties that is in Narok, in Nakuru and in Meru um, which are all major potato growing areas okay. and we now wanted to engage farmers and show them that um, this is potato farming 2.0 what we want to introduce you to, right? So yes, you may have been farming potatoes for a long time but we want to help you increase your productivity with our different products so that you can actually see that it works, yes. that yields go up and that it is worth investing in these products. Okay. I sometimes make a joke that uh, Kenyan farmers or maybe farmers all over the world are very much like doubting Thomas in the Bible. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you know the story of, yes, of Thomas. Thomas. Yes, so <laughs> Thomas said, I need to see your hands to yes, believe that you exactly. are Jesus. So, but, uh, it's because farming is very practical. So you have to yes. show somebody this is the answer. 
yes yes well and that's also the nice thing yes. so farming yes i told you uh, a farmer needs to realize he's a manager and there's a lot of science behind it and a lot of theory and information available but at the end of the day we can practice it yes right yes. and practice can make perfect, perfect if you are focused good those who are watching us who joined us this is farming for profits here with corinne Ruya. Hervaya. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about potatoes. What uh, Agrico, East Africa, and uh, the and, and, and uh, the public of uh, the Royal Republic of uh, Netherlands who are, are doing, especially increasing, uh, helping farmers in Kenya to be able to increase their yields, increase uh, in terms of the type of um, the quality of the certified seeds, potato seeds that they, you're using on the farms. And uh, we're going to get in deeper and getting more. Ask, ask those questions. If you have questions there, send the questions there. We can see some of the questions coming in. And uh, some of the questions are coming in uh, very interestingly. Remember, this is a farmer's media where we tell you stories of African farmers. But we also help you get to, get to know who is this, who has the passion of helping farmers succeed. Because you can only succeed when you're working with the right uh, people. So, uh, Corinne, uh, I will I'll stick with Corinne. Yes, please. Some questions coming in, and uh, which we'll answer them uh, yeah. before the break. Uh, is it possible for farmers to make money growing potatoes? Absolutely. What can farmers do to make money? Good. So, as a farmer, you must realize that seed is your biggest determinant of your output. So we talked about maize farmers. I think there are very few maize farmers uh, in Kenya who do not buy certified seeds nowadays, who not buy seed every season. Yes. Um, and I've seen that it really pays off. Same for potatoes. Okay. Once you start using certified seed, you will see a very big difference in terms of productivity, so your output, but also the quality. Because the seed, when it is uh, bred, it is free from diseases, it is inspected by kefis okay. to make sure that it is of the highest quality standards. Right. Yeah, and when you plant healthy seed, of course, then you expect better results. Um, I sometimes make a comparison. Uh, let's say both of you and I need to run a marathon yes. and I have pneumonia. Who will win the marathon? By default. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the healthy one will always perform better. Yes, yeah. So same for seeds. So yeah, that's very important. But like I said, seed alone um, yeah, cannot perform. So it must go hand in hand with the right uh, nutrition program, with the right crop protection program to keep it healthy and to keep it productive throughout the season. Very interesting. You started with seeds and that's one of the challenges that farmers face. In fact, one of the questions I've really prepared is to ask whether farmers can come on. Uh, you know, to come is normally you, you rinse and then you remain with the best seed. So I've had this, this, this instance, most people say, no, just go to the market, get the seeds, cut them into small parts, uh, buy the biggest, bigger potatoes, then put them in a, in a dark area. I've, I've seen some farmers in February. Uh, I can actually confidently say the, 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 the former potato growing area. Yeah, because now, now we can grow in Kajaka. <laughs> yeah, as in, and, and, and that's what they do. They make sure that they, they, the seed is there, uh, they say they're saving costs. Some even go to the extent, and I can say actually, even me myself, when I'm starting off, I nearly come out, I remove some of the seeds, and then uh, to save to the so called saving cost. And they say that the new generation of seed that you're using now is climatized, but technically, as you're explaining, that 
becomes a lower grade. I think I'd like to see you to repeat that again in terms of emphasizing on getting a reliable seed, but most importantly, certified. And that comes to the question that how do you know a seed is certified? Mm, yeah, that's a very good question. So, um, yeah, certified seed, like I said, is very important because um, potato is very sensitive to diseases. And there are some soil-borne diseases for potato, uh, like, for example, PCN, potato cyst nematode, yes, yes. which is a very big challenge and that can be transferred through seed and through soil that is on seed. And so if you do not use certified seed, but yes. accidentally you buy this thing from the market and plant it, yes. and it may have been invested with PCN. Yeah, once you have PCN in your farm, your yields are definitely going to grow. And ideally, the, the way to get rid of it is stop potato farming. Stop farming anything in the Solanaceae family. So tomatoes. Tomatoes, manaku, tobacco, Eggplant. But then, let, me, let me ask you, before we go any further, you know, we have different types of farmers. We have new beginning farmers, we have older farmers. How did potatoes and tomatoes come in the, <laughs> the same <laughs> crop family? I mean, it's just interesting. <laughs> because some farmers don't understand that they come from the same family. How do they find themselves in the same family? I have no clue either. <laughs> but look at you and I, we look very different. Yeah but we are still part of the human species, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just interesting because potatoes are the tumor. Yes. And tomatoes is, yeah. you know, so I think that those are some of the things that I think when you're doing farming, you have to just start asking yourself some of these hard questions, but finding out more. So you mentioned something very interesting about seed. How, what is the average cost of seed? Oh, sorry. So before we go there, you asked yes. me, how will a farmer know it is certified seed? Exactly. Yes, yes. So actually, um, like I said, KEFIS is the, the authority that inspects and approves seeds. Yes. Kenya KEFIS that stands for the Kenya Plant Health Inspectorate yes. Services. Um, and uh, once seed has been tested and approved by KEFIS, then we as the seed merchant get uh, labels from KEFIS. Yes. And so these labels are always stitched on the back with seed. Um, and uh, yeah, the farmer should actually hold on to that label throughout the growing season. Um, because if there's any challenge with the potatoes and that could be seed born mm -hmm. then the label also helps the seed merchant to trace and to verify so i usually say like when you go to naivas and you yes. buy a tv yes. you get a receipt and a warranty yes. and you hold on to that in case something happens with the tv you can go back to the stores so same for the potatoes so i always advise farmers hold on to those labels don't throw them away in the field or throw them away with the bags but actually hold it so that if there is any challenge yeah, then you can refer back to it and say, I actually did buy certified seeds. So, when you talk about certified seeds as the beginning of everything, do farmers uh, need to do a soil test to determine whether they can grow potatoes? Because sometimes farmers, we talk about them with our partnership crop nuts. Yeah. Uh, we guide farmers about that and they're like, no, let's just plant. I think nature will teach us some lessons. Some of the lessons are very, <laughs> very painful. Do farmers need to start using a fertility test? And what are these things that they should be looking at uh, in terms of uh, considering the same family as uh, tomatoes? Yeah. Should, should farmers be looking at the same uh, type of uh, seeds and nutrients? Yeah, okay, great question. So, yeah, we always advise farmers to do a soil test. Um, a soil test doesn't have to be done every season because the soil doesn't change that drastically. But at least try to do it once every maybe two years um, to get an idea of what's the pH in my soil. 
and are there specific nutrients that are really uh, in excess or really lacking? Potato is a very uh, intensive feeder as a crop and for example it needs a lot of potassium as one of the macro elements but there are also micro elements and even trace elements that make a very big impact on the quality of your potato tubers so what you're going to harvest so for example calcium is also very important um, zinc boron magnesium towards the end of the tuber formation very important to give good tuber quality um, so it is important to know do we have that in the soils or not and uh, yeah then to substitute it with uh, a fertilizer I know for a lot of smallholder farmers it's not yet a common practice um, but yeah like for us we are a very large seed production farm so we always get our soil analysis report done and get our own fertilizer blend made for our own use so if you are a larger farmer that is an option so you get your own custom-made blend for your potatoes um, but yeah sometimes of course for a smallholder farmer that can be difficult because also the fertilizer companies look at the economies of scale of course um, but there are actually some fertilizer companies that have come up with specific potato blends that are also very good for the Kenyan farmers where they've looked at what are the specific nutrients that potato needs at which stage um, and how can we package them into a blend that meets the requirements of the Kenyan farmers. Very interesting. So for potatoes we recommend that you uh, do first of all uh, fertilizer as a basal dressing and planting. You can then top dress um, and sometimes you may also want to add a foliar, a foliar spray, um, especially if some of those micro elements are missing. Do you have a spray program, a, a crop nutrition program, a management program that you can be able to share with farmers after the show? Yes, definitely we have that. Uh, this is mostly from our partners that we work with. All right. um, and uh, yeah, we are happy to share that with farmers. Fantastic. We'll go for a short break, Corinne. Uh, I'm thinking this can go on for another three hours. Yes. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be taking a short break for those who are joining us, who are watching us. This is a farmer's media where we tell you stories of African farmers. This is your Farming for Profits show with your host, Noana Sayali Kadima. And today I'm joined by Corinne Heruija. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> From Agrico East Africa. And she's educating us and telling us about how we can be able to be profitable growing uh, potatoes. We have been waiting for you, more of you to join. We are seeing some of your comments. Let us know where you're calling us from, where, where you're contacting us from, what you want to plant, why you're attracted in growing uh, growing, growing potatoes. We, we had the poll that says in Africa Farmers Club, go there. Let us know what you're thinking about growing potatoes and why. And if you have any questions, uh, put them in the, in the comment section and we'll have Corinne definitely answer most of them. You can also make sure that during this break, you can briefly go to Agrico East Africa, just check their page, check some of the programs which we'll be sharing with you later on. We'll be going for a short break and we'll, we'll come back. We'll talk about farming for profits, how much money is in potato farming and how can we be able to make sure that we are getting the best out of this. We'll be going for a short break.
Je, wewe ni kijana unaitafuta ajira au chanzo cha kipato? Suluhisho la kudumu limepatikana. Ungana nasi katika kipindi hiki mimi msimulizi wako The Principal. Nikukumbushe Yeah, I really love this question. 
because I think when we look at the numbers, um, really the difference um, in farming practices becomes yes. very clear. It speaks from the numbers right. and also the reason why I think So maybe for people who are listening, uh, let's give pen and paper because I'm going to give you all the numbers for potato farming. Okay. I, I hope you also already know. <laughs> yeah, I so I think I've been waiting for this for long. <laughs> yeah, this is now your potato economics class. Yes. So just to give you a rough idea. Yes. For uh, let's work with one acre as an easy of uh, unit of measurement yes so for one acre of potato farming if you want to do it well you need to budget around a hundred thousand shillings one hundred thousand shillings as your input cost that that's is, one acre. that is inclusive of water or without water? uh that is dependent on rain if it is irrigated it's going to slightly more okay. yes so several independent studies have been done show that in Kenya farming for one acre if you want to do it well will cost 680 to 120,000. Okay. So let's round it off at 100 because that's also easy to calculate. Yes. Okay. So, um, of course, I said your biggest determinant of your yield is your seeds. Seeds, yes. And it also takes the biggest chunk of your budget. All right. Um, and so for seed, you need to budget about 50,000 shillings. 50,000. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, you need to plant about one ton of seed on your one acre land. Wow. So one ton, that is a pickup full of um, potato tubers. Correct. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. Are these big tubers or these small tubers? Which one is the best? Yeah, so for potato seed uh, that is certified by Kethys, there are two sizes okay. that are the standard sizes. One is uh, size one, okay. um, which is tubers that have a diameter of 28 to 45 millimeters. All right. We usually compare it to the size of an egg. So we call uh-huh. them usually egg size when egg we talk with farmers. Okay. Yes. Okay. If you're using egg-sized seed, yes. um, no, let me explain that later. Then there's okay. also seed size 2, which mm-hmm. is a bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, it is tubers with a diameter of 45 to 60 millimeters, okay. and it compares to the size of your fist, your closed hand, okay. so about the size of your fist. Bigger than that is now the potatoes that are suitable for eating. Why is that? So we have the egg size, the fist size, and the yolk size. Okay. When it comes up to one kilo of seed, yes. let's say we have one kilo of seed size one and one kilo of seed size two okay which one has more tubers in it i think the, the smaller size one correct. the egg size yes correct yes because the smaller sizes weigh less and okay. so you'll find more tubers in it uh-huh. which is also why we don't recommend to use the very big sizes to plant mm-hmm. because that is expensive to purchase because uh-huh. sometimes our tubers can grow even up to one kg for a single tuber wow so i saw it, yesterday two i think two, two tubers were Yes, yes, it's possible. Yes, yes. Okay. yeah, yeah. Right. So if you're using seed size one, mm-hmm. um, you need to use 16 bags or 800 kilos of seed. That is that egg size. That egg, size. egg size. Yes, that is the bags. egg size. 16 bags 16. or 800 kilos because a bag is 50 kg. 50 kg. Yes. Okay. If you're using we, we, and we'll go back to that 50 kg bag. Uh, yes. That post harvest. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> yes. If you're using seed size two, uh-huh. um, you need 20 bags or a thousand kilos to cover your acre. Oh, because they're bigger size. Exactly. Okay. So you need more. Okay. Yes. 20 yes. Bucks. Yes. Okay. But what we're trying to achieve is the right plant population in your land, right? So when you're planting, you need to space mm-hmm. about 30 centimeters between the seeds, between the tubers that you're planting. Yes. In the row, and then 75 centimeters okay. within the rows, between the two rows. So if you're doing two rows, yeah. This you're doing irrigation or any doesn't matter whether it's irrigated or whether it's rain-fed. Right. 
yes, you should still give the potato enough space to grow. And also the function of the rose, that size is what you can walk through the rose when you're doing your spraying or crop protection. So 30 by 75? Yes. By 75. Yeah. Correct. So plant to plant is 30? Correct. 75 is row to row? Correct. Yes. Good. Also very important is, of course, potatoes, where are we harvesting it? We're harvesting it from the soil. So we also need to be mindful of how much space does the potato need downwards in the soil. So we are talking now about uh, seed to seed okay. and row to row, but yeah, we also need to think about the space that the tuber needs to grow downwards. Uh -huh. That's where we're harvesting. Yes. And we recommend that the potato also needs 30 centimeters of loose soil uh, as the depth in which it can grow. Ah. Yeah. So when you're doing your land prep, it's very important to make sure that you prepare your land deep enough you find okay. a lot of farmers use a, a disc plow for land preparation yes. and when you use a disc plow season on season mm -hmm. what happens you have a layer of topsoil yes. that gets depleted of nutrients yes. and below that is a, a hard, hard pan yes. Exactly. Yes. potato seed is about as strong as my finger so can my finger penetrate a hard pan no way so that means also potato seed when you're planting it on top of a hard pan mm -hmm. You are basically not giving that seed any space for its roots to grow. Exactly. Yes. To tap into nutrients, to tap into water. And even with that, farmers are limiting their yields. So even changing your planting methods of instead of planting on that hard pan, mm -hmm. making sure that you give that potato 30 centimeters of loose soil all around, yes. you are going to see an increase in yield. Very interesting. So, so wow. So, land preparation is very important. Very important for potatoes. In fact, if you go wrong at land preparation and planting, mm -hmm. there's very little you can do later on to recover. Okay. So, does that mean that some areas? So, if you don't use, uh, so definitely, as, as looking at this, you cannot do a lot of conventional agriculture uh, in terms of just. Uh, <laughs> without using a tractor but if you're using a tractor you don't use everything and what can you do do you use a tractor and then you add manure do you need to add manure in the soil as you're preparing the land or you just use conventional yes so if you're using mechanization right. then i think it is recommendable to use a, a chisel plow mm -hmm. or a reaper mm -hmm. doesn't have to be every season um but at least regularly enough to keep breaking that hard and once you've broken that hard pan, you will see your potatoes will do better. But even your other crops that you're going to grow, so even your maize, okay. your beans, your cabbages, your onions will benefit mm -hmm. from uh, yeah better uh, soil structure. Okay. Yeah. All right. When now it comes to back to the cost of potato farming, because yes. you asked about uh, manure. Yes. So like I said, potato is a heavy feeder, and it needs very specific nutrients mm -hmm. at the different stages, mm -hmm. and you find that that is hard to achieve if you're using manure only. Okay. So farmers can use manure, mm -hmm. but then you're using it more as a way to just improve your overall soil health. All right. We recommend that for potato farming, farmers still do use fertilizer, okay. and especially the specialized fertilizers for potato. So I'm not a big fan of NPK or DAP or CAN mm -hmm. as a blanket fertilizer for potatoes. Okay. It is much better to use the specialized blends that are available in the market um, because that will be uh, yeah, more in tune with what the crop needs at the different stages. All right. So some of these special blends are available? Yes, they are available. Yes. I don't know if I may mention the company. Not a problem. Okay, yes. So there's Yara, mm -hmm. um, uh, who has a great 
uh, fertilizer for potato. Mm -hmm. um, they have different fertilizers for the different stages. stages. There's okay. Yara Winner, Yara Power, and Yara Mila. Okay. Um, so that is one company that has good solutions. Another mm -hmm. company that has a very good solution is Baraka. Okay. Baraka Fertilizer also has a very good potato blend, okay. um, both base and top dressing. Okay, so Baraka is a what industry is today? Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So even when we do demos, it's always a must for us that partners come on board with fertilizer solution, with protection solution. Yeah. So uh, okay. Well, what budget for your fertilizer? Yes. Um, should be around between ten to twelve thousand shillings mm -hmm. per acre. Okay. All right. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're not taking into account the cost of manure. Okay. Um, and when now it comes to applying your fertilizer, mm -hmm. I know the farmers are used to preparing their land and yes. making a furrow. Yes. Right? Yes. So they, they, they dig a trench mm -hmm. and then put fertilizer in that trench mm -hmm. and put the seeds on top. Yes. Now, that is not right. How do you do that? <laughs> we want to change this. Okay. Um, if you look at how we do things at our farm everything's mechanized. And how is fertilizer applied when it is mechanically uh, applied and, yes. and potatoes are mechanically planted? Mm -hmm. Fertilizer is spread over the field with a fertilizer spray or a manure spreader. And so we recommend to farmers that they do the same in their fields. So even if you're doing manual, that is okay. Prepare your land. Yes. Don't make furrows. Mm -hmm. Because we do not want the farmer to plant in the furrow if there's a hard one. Okay. Right? Uh -huh. Take your fertilizer, spread your fertilizer over the land. So walk through the land and just throw the fertilizer, All right, okay. spread it evenly. Mm -hmm. Then what the like, farmer like should like the broadcast. Exactly, okay. broadcasting. Okay. Then what the farmer should do next mm -hmm. is now he's going to take his djembe mm -hmm. and make Sorry. make bridges uh -huh. with the djembe. Okay. Okay. So now what are we doing? The fertilizer that we spread out on the soil mm -hmm. is what we are incorporating in the ridge. Uh -huh. So okay. that ridge is full mm -hmm. with soil with fertilizer. Mm -hmm. And then we plant our potato not in the furrow, like I said, what the farm is used to, yes. but we plant it in that ridge. Because okay. remember, I told you the potato needs 30 centimeters of loose soil. So it has to be on top so that it has a good Alright, so that it has some loose soil below. Yes, so right. you can put the potato about a finger deep in the ridge. Okay. Yes, and then if you have that challenge of hard plant down there, and as you're doing this, spacing seed to seed that's correct. One ruler. Yes. Okay. Or maybe a foot. Okay. Yes. If you don't it's have big. a ruler. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. Yes. So then we plant in the ridges, mm -hmm. and then after that, now we wait for the crop to germinate. Mm -hmm. Depending on the rain, then we pray. If you are, uh, uh, <laughs> if you are a prayerful farmer, which I think all farmers <laughs> become by default. <laughs> we have faith. Yes, but you wait for the rains basically. Okay. Um, but of course, if you're irrigating, then now you lay the lines and you can start irrigating. How long does it take to germinate for germination? How long should a farmer, farmer yeah. wait to see germination? Yes, so we typically say you count uh, 21 days. 21 days? Yes. yes. So 21 yeah. days you should have got. Then your crop uh, should be up. Okay. Yes. So yeah. 21 days you should have uh, at least 90% uh, germination? Yeah, depends a bit on the weather conditions as well, um, but... Uh, Which is ideal, uh, heat or cold? Um, so, uh, I think uh, what I've understood from agronomists, yes. let me make it clear, I'm not an agronomist myself. And we will get back Apologies. to that. Apologies, <laughs> yes. Um, it's good when the nighttime temperatures dip a bit, go below, let's say, uh, 17, 16, 17 degrees. 
because that actually helps um, for the tubers to release the growth hormones mm -hmm. and help the fruit to germinate better. Okay. So it doesn't matter so much if it's very hot during the day, uh -huh. but it is nice if it cools down a bit at night. Uh, However, of course, we don't want temperatures below zero. Okay. We don't want frost because yeah, that can damage the fruit. And as you wait for these 21 days, do you still continue watering if you are doing irrigation? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. Can I get back to you on that? <laughs> yes. Because irrigation is fairly new to us as well. Actually. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yes, because most yes. of the farmers have been dealing with that from rain fed. Yes, okay. correct. Right. Yes. So yeah. I think that would be yeah. a, a very good question uh, so that we don't we don't also soak the seed, the, the seed with a lot Absolutely. of water. Absolutely, yes. And, and of yes. course, it depends on the weather conditions as well. Mm -hmm. um, so what we usually say is that um, uh, when you make a ridge, your ridge yes. can actually help to hold moisture yes. when it's very hot mm -hmm. so when you take some soil from inside the ridge mm -hmm. and you hold it you will feel that sometimes it has moisture okay. when you squeeze that soil mm -hmm. and water comes out it's too wet okay when uh, you throw it up in the air and it stays into a clump it's too wet but it should slightly loosen okay yes okay. Yeah. so just uh, just basically to check uh, the soil there, yes because it depends on the wind on the sun uh, how much evaporation is there? Your method of irrigating okay. as well. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So where we are right now, we are so at. Uh, we were doing our mathematics. I think we had sixty-two thousand shillings. Yes. If we factor in uh, twelve thousand shillings for fertilizer. Yes. Correct. Yes. So now, once your crop starts coming up, yes. um, you will need to protect that crop uh, from insects, yes. uh, pests, and diseases. What are some of these insects? I know, I know, you, I know you're not agronomist, but I know some of these things. Yes. 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 So, uh, white flies and aphids okay. uh, is something that you need to be mindful of. Mm -hmm. That is because, um, yeah, they will fly from plant to plant and suck on the leaves. Mm -hmm. And if a disease is in one plant, then they can very transmitted to okay. other plants All so right. you don't want it to be uh, a carrier mm -hmm. um, of diseases mm -hmm. something that also I've had farmers complain about is uh, catworm mm -hmm. yes at that stage yeah? that very big one yes yes and if you have catworm then you need to spray uh, an insecticide against it okay. yes All right. yeah yeah because it can actually eat uh, the stems of the potato yes. and then you have nothing yes yeah yes, so we don't want that we don't want to say it eats the, the heart of the crop Yes, <laughs> yes, you are left with nothing. Yes. yes. In terms of diseases, mm -hmm. potato is very sensitive to fungal diseases. Okay. And you asked earlier about the comparison between potato and tomato. Yes. So I think there is some comparison mm -hmm. um, that uh, yeah, you must spray potato very regularly mm -hmm. against blight. Okay. There's uh, late blight and early blight. Which one comes first? Is it the same case with the, the tomatoes? How is it with the tomatoes? I hear that uh, late blight comes first, then early blight comes later. Correct. And yes. why is it called late blight? I have no clue. No, I wish I could also understand this research. <laughs> I have no idea, but it's true that typically late blight will uh, come, come into fast. your crop first, and yes. uh, early blight towards the end of the growing cycle. So does it mean that so, the same? Sorry to cut you. Does it mean that the same uh, fun, fungicides that we're using? Uh, Tomatoes can also be used for potatoes or their specific plants? Uh, I believe so, yeah. What is important for when you're spraying your potatoes with a fungicide against blight mm -hmm. is that you uh, look for the active ingredients in the fungicide. Okay. And uh, yeah, we usually recommend that you alternate the active ingredients. Okay. So there's uh, usually a, a, a fungicide that's based on mancozep, okay. and the other one is Zymoxanil. Okay. If I got it right. 
practice. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. Yes, so it's good to alternate. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we also have the milder ones that are more preventive okay. and the stronger concentrated ones that are more curative. Curative, yes. So Don't I, think I, you're starting with the curative so that it's very effective. Start with the preventive. Okay. The same way, mm -hmm. I may take... I may eat an apple or an orange every day as part of my preventive health. Okay. Okay. Instead of saying, let me take an antibiotic every day to stay healthy. Okay. Okay. The antibiotic is a curative if I have a bacterial infection. Okay. But preventive, I can maybe take a multivitamin tablet or I can make sure I have health. Okay. Interesting. Good to know. Good to know that. So that's very interesting. So any other fungal infection that farmers should look out for? Um, or, or prevent or make sure that they have because there's some farmers who say I want to buy all the chemicals and fertilizers and fungicides for the yeah. season approximately ah okay yeah yes. that's sometimes hard because you really need to look at the crop in the field and respond to what you see in the field so scouting is important extremely important okay. in fact I wish potato farmers could be in that field every other day mm -hmm. yes just to check because Noah if you get blight in your potato crop Let's say I'm visiting my farm tomorrow yes. uh, and I see there's some early signs of light and then I'm going away for the weekend and I'll come back on Monday and spray. Do you know it may happen that over the weekend your crop gets wiped out by that light? Let me tell you my story of my tomatoes now that they're in the same family. Uh -huh. I went to the farm and I saw a few plants were turning black. Uh -huh. And there's this, this, there's this app that I use, it's called Plantix. And I detected some light. But for some reason, I just did what you said. I said, probably since I'm coming back to Nairobi, uh, the next day I might send the, the fungicide. And it just happened for some reason, I forgot. And uh, the next week, the farm manager does not want to send me the photos of the tomatoes. <laughs> then he says, it's something, probably something that we sprayed. Because this, this, this tomatoes look black. And I wondered really how, you know, why? Oh. And when he sent me the photos, I actually drove all the way just to look at it and I realized, wow, that is terrible. Oh. So I think I, I totally agree with what you said. Yes. You have to scout and scout and scout. Yes, okay. absolutely. Yes. And don't cut in your preventive sprays. Okay. Um, you know, when we're in the field with farmers, we usually try to share the message with farmers in such a way that they can easily remember. And of course, there's a bit of language barrier sometimes yes. because as much as I say, my Kiswahili is not fluent. So a lot of the talking I do is in English. But then I tell farmers, uh, when it comes to spraying your crop, mm -hmm. the same way you go to church every yes. week to pray, yes. the same way you should go to your shamba every week to <laughs> spray. spray. Interesting. Our recommendation is <laughs> weekly sprays. Weekly spray. Seven days of seven, yes, seven days. Okay. That is sort of the standard interval. Okay. If it is extremely dry, like we saw this past season, yes. you can decide to increase that interval to ten days. If it is extremely wet, yes. you can decide to reduce that interval. Four days. Correct. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Those who are watching us, this is uh, Farmers Media, where we're talking about farming for profits talking about irrigated potato farming and we're getting into there into the irrigation on what it is what are these varieties that work well we are with corinne who's uh, from agrico east africa and she's guiding us and telling us how much do we need to put into the top into potato farming and uh, if you're following us remember our social media handles are farmers we are we are social on the farmers and all social media channels we have our new uh, youtube channel 
and uh, Farmers Media. Keep on subscribing. Uh, remember to always uh, uh, share. We believe in being farmers. We learn how to share. The more we share, the more we win together, and the more profitable it is. And uh, uh, if you have any questions, we are uh, quite a number of questions here, but I'd just like mm. you to take us through uh, sure. this particular part of the course. Yeah. And then we'll have uh, at least a session where you can answer most of the questions. Because some yeah. of the questions here being asked are some things that we have lined up for, for discussion. And we are seeing time is, I think we, we will have to have you again here. So where we are is that we've talked about the seed, cost of seed, 50,000 yeah. shillings. Yeah. We've talked about the 12,000 shillings, which is now 62,000 shillings. We have a few thousand shillings there, remaining, where we know part of it will go into land preparation. Some of it will go into uh, water, probably. Water we've not factored in yet here. So the, the, the sprays, yep. the chemicals, as well as the, uh, the, the fungicides. Yep. How much average? Yep. With all, uh, I was told not to be using that, with all factors constant. Yeah. How much, <laughs> how much would that cost the, for, for a farmer who wants to, to make a decision? Yeah. Yes. So I think the farmer should budget between 12 and 15,000 shillings for that. Okay. <clears throat> 12, 12 um, and 15,000. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay. that mm -hmm. should cover for uh, uh, yeah the, the, the typical crop. Yes. Um, <clears throat> sometimes you may find if it's a late maturing crop and it's very wet mm -hmm. because your crop is then in the field for four months and okay. you need to spray more often, it can go up a little bit. Okay. Um, but uh, so yeah. twenty thousand. Let's say twenty thousand. <clears throat> On the higher side. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that specifically for cold areas or? Uh, even the hot thing. interestingly even yes. now when it's been hot we hear farmers complaining about uh, still about blight mm -hmm. because of the very cold, cold nights, nights. Yes. Yes. yes yes so you may actually think that there's no rain so i can reduce my spray interval but yeah let your crop tell me so technically climate change is affecting almost all crops absolutely i normally hear yeah. some questions some farmers call me and ask me no which is this crop that i can use the least amount of money that does not need a lot of care and can give me a lot of do you think there's something like that? Even I would like to know. <laughs> <laughs> Please, when you find that answer, no, then tell me. Yes. I always run away from such farmers. But actually, that's a good point. Because, yeah. to be honest, potato is not a crop for lazy farmers. Okay. And not a crop for telephone farmers. No telephone farmers. No. You've had for yourself no telephone farmers. <laughs> potato farming is very capital intense. Like yes. I said, about 100,000. Yeah. But it's also very labor intense. So, like I said, you need to scout your crop. Ideally, every other day or twice a week to make sure that those diseases do not come in and then, yeah, it wipes out your crop immediately. Let me ask you, can you wheat? Is there is there a herbicide for wheat? Yes, there is. So uh -huh. sometimes you will do a pre-emergence uh, herbicide uh -huh. before the potato crop comes up if you have a lot yeah. of wheat. So yes. that is possible. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, what you mostly find if you do pre-emergence, mm -hmm. by the time now the crop comes up, if you have wheat, uh, you can pluck it by hand. Okay. By the time now the weeds want to regrow again, your potato crop will be big enough okay. so that its foliage will actually cover, cover. So, um, yes. the, the weeds. Uh, yeah. But also what you can do when the potato is at the 4 to 8 leaf stage, mm -hmm. so when it has just germinated, mm -hmm. 4 to 8 leaf stage, mm -hmm. and you have a lot of weeds, mm -hmm. if you do not want to use a chemical, yes. or maybe there's a variety that is sensitive to a chemical, like one of our varieties, Manitou, is very sensitive to some of the chemicals, All right. you could actually decide to re-reach. Meaning you take your djembe, put a little bit of soil on top of your whole ridge, the wheat and your potato. Okay. Just like this, an inch, not more, two okay. centimeters, mm -hmm. one and a half. 
the weeds will die mm -hmm. because they are not strongly rooted and they don't have a mother tuber feeding them. Okay. So you put it on the compost. So that's a more organic, natural way of weeding. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, but the, the only challenge is that now in terms of weeding, then is there speci special like like jembe or something that is the normal ones? Like it's the normal ones. Not like onions that you require something else. Ah, no, no. Okay. Now, uh, somebody is asking from, from the land preparation. Can we, do we need to raise the beds like the ones we do when you're doing onions, when you're doing drip irrigation, or we just do flat, but we make sure that we, we dig in? Okay. Yeah, so it depends on how you've prepared your land at the very first step. So okay. if you uh, uh, manage to do a chisel and a plow, or uh, yeah, if with your djembe, you can actually uh, go deep enough and recommend that you do two Double digging. Two, yeah, two yes. digs. Yeah, yes. double digging. Yes. yes, exactly. You break the big clothes. Mm -hmm. If you put a stick in the ground, you can see that there's no hard pan that the stick is hitting. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have to make the ridges for the beds. Okay. Yes. Okay. But if there is a hard pan, mm -hmm. then what you're going to do is basically you're going to raise the bed. The bed. Oh, so yes. you get this. Okay. So and then now, when you're on planting. On top of that hard pan, you have that 30 centimeters loose soil. Okay. And you plant your potato somewhere. In the middle, okay, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Good. But it's advisable to have to, to break the hard pan, yes, so that you don't have to continue digging all the all the, all year round. Yes, fantastic. we are actually seeing some of the brilliant crops. I think some of the photos you shared, we are seeing. I think viewers are saying whether their crops can be that way. A very interesting yeah. question that uh, we're being asked here: Does potato farming in irrigation do well in black cotton soil or red soil? Uh, potato interestingly can do in almost oil soil. Okay. Yes, but if it's very sandy soil, it may struggle a bit. Okay. Also, in terms of like your fertilizer application, because it may uh, uh, um, uh, seep through the soil too fast okay. when it rains. Okay. Yes, so if it's very sandy soil, it may be a challenge. But potato can do in loamy, clay, red, black. But it's important to test the soil first. Yes. Good. So we at eight, uh, seventy-seven thousand shillings. Good. Close to eighty thousand shillings if yes. we factor in. Uh, yeah. Challenge a few things. Yeah. What? So we've counted for seed, for fertilizer, for chemicals. Yes. Now, of course, your other big cost is your labor. Labor. So labor, yeah, depends a bit on your area. Mm -hmm. And also, labor is going to depend on your harvest, on your yield. Because when we're harvesting potatoes, usually we pay people per bag harvested. Mm -hmm. So So the, it's part of the 100,000. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So mm -hmm. labor, I think you can budget another about 15,000. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That is even though you're using the herbicide. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Because the land preparation is quite uh, labor intense, right? And if you want to do it the right way, okay. yes. So this labor is your including ridges. land yeah. land preparation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then the last bit, farmers many times forget this, but we also need to cost our land. Okay. Interesting. So uh -huh. yeah, if you're leasing land, yes. you need to pay someone for it. Yes. Um, but if it's your own land, yeah, then it's still good to cost it because mm -hmm. it is contributing mm -hmm. to your production. And yes. um, yeah, you also need to do things to keep your land uh, valuable as an asset. Of course. Very, so it's very good to cost your land as well. So you have to be a manager, mm -hmm. not a farmer. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, very interesting. So now, so I think with that we come to about a hundred thousand. Yes. If you're irrigating, yeah, the cost of irrigation can depend a lot on your irrigation method. Yes. And the view location and the source of water. Yes. So I find it a bit hard to say something about that. Okay. Um, 
maybe you have experience. Because I've I, seen nice irrigated crops here outside. <laughs> I think I think an average cost, depending on what, if you're buying water, is uh, I, I normally use onions because onion needs a lot of water and being a tuber as well. Mm. I normally factor in around twenty to thirty thousand shillings okay. uh, yep. if you're doing uh, if you're buying water at. Uh, between 100 and 120 shillings per cubic and uh, because again in terms of looking at, at tubers they require water when they're forming the tubers yeah. and not, not in initial stages and also when they're now and then towards the end you need them to be dry yeah. so you reduce the water in Correct. so between 20 to 30,000 yeah. shillings yeah. so I think it comes back to our figure initial figure of uh, close to 100 to 120,000 yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're not uh, depending on uh, God for rain. Huh? Yes, correct. Good. So I think I think I'm I'm being told I'm giving you I'm being given a shout out to you by David Deco. Oh, nice! <laughs> yes, he's one of our farmers. <laughs> yes. Actually, David is a, a large scale farmer. Yes. Um, we are yet to go to Naromoru to, to visit his farm. Ah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ah, he's, he's, he's been a mentor to us. He's, uh, he's guided me a lot, and he said I make sure I say hi to you. Thank you, David, and uh, Salemias, <laughs> back to you. Thank you for supporting us. Something interesting. A question that has come through when I when you posted this that you're coming in. Somebody asked, "Are these potatoes GMO?" No. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, so remember I told you that in the Netherlands they specialized in breeding potatoes. Yes. But uh, they don't use any GMO. Yes. Um, they just use crossbreeding between the different varieties and uh, observing and monitoring the performance in the field. And actually, that journey of breeding a new variety yes. from the start to commercialization yes. can take 20 or even 30 years. Wow. Where you start with thousands and thousands and thousands of options. Yes. And you end up with only two or three commercially viable varieties. Wow. Which is also why we need to pay royalties for uh, the plant breeders' rights. Yes. Because that is what can keep wow. the breeding activities going. Wow. Yeah. No, so GMO is not used in potato breeding. And actually, also, of course, in Kenya, GMO products are not allowed. And uh, yeah, of course, we are a, yes. um, a compliant company. So, so those who are watching us, Jeroge, Jeroge Kenyanjui, you've heard for yourself that. Uh, it is not GMO. Okay, interesting. So we've taken, you've, we've taken, uh, you've given us a lot of information. I know it will take time to for us to digest, and we know that you will, we will have you here as well. We are still also in the process of uh, asking you to allow us to come and see the signal application, which you explained that uh, it might be a challenge, but we know that one day we will come and see <laughs> outside the fence and see it. So actually, Noah, we're doing a very interesting. We're making okay. videos right. that capture all our processes mm -hmm. because we get a lot of farmers who would love to come and see what's happening. Yes. Want to see the machines and yes. the equipment. Yes. Uh, irrespective of whether that is something that they'll actually do themselves or not. Mm -hmm. But just to marvel and to see that this is possible in Kenya. Okay. And we would really like to share that message with as many farmers as possible. Yeah. But we are an isolation farm mm -hmm. um, under uh, um, monitoring from CAFIS. Okay. Uh, or even yeah, quarantine farm. But yes. Quarantine. I don't mean quarantine for COVID, <laughs> but uh, as a seed multiplication farm, you have to make sure that you stay free from diseases. And that's why it's hard to get visitors to come to our farm and and see. Um, but instead, we said let's make videos okay. that are actually very easy to share with farmers and to spread, and so that everyone can get an idea. And we can feel proud as Kenyans that Fantastic. there's a state-of-the-art mechanized potato farm here. Um, three hours drive from uh, from together. Yes, that's a very interesting thing, and uh, we hope that we'll be part of the team that we can be able to share it out uh, through our video channel as well. And you mentioned something about COVID. How did COVID affect you? Yeah, and well, the farmers that you. Know? 
great question because uh, like we said earlier we are farmers and we like doing things practically yes so we were used to undertaking a lot of field days mm -hmm. um, with farmers mm -hmm. training them and interacting with them yes. and when covid first hit um, of course the government made a restriction on uh, group meetings yes and we definitely could not undertake any of our field activities what we then did is that we actually went back now to um, media and we actually recorded the first set of videos yes. that are training tutorials mm -hmm. on good potato farming where step by step we explain to the farmer what he needs to do when it comes to land preparation preparing your ridges taking your soil sample for soil testing your fertilizer application right. up to the point of harvesting mm -hmm. so for those of uh, your followers that are interested to watch these videos they yes. can go to youtube okay. and look for the channel for agricole eBay. Okay. yes and the videos are available there and people can actually watch them and the nice thing is you can share them also on whatsapp okay and uh, farmers can go back to those videos at the point where they need it okay. so whereas in the field we train farmers on everything at once yes. and then you just Yes. That when it is a video, we can train them and then we go home with the videos and pause. They have a refresher. You pause. And you yes. pause as you make prepare land. Exactly. Thank you very much. So, there's something else that uh, uh, you've mentioned. Uh, you mentioned, I remember you mentioned something like PCN. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just uh, somebody is asking about PCN that it has really affected them and uh, their farm. And uh, somebody else is also talking about market, though that market we'll talk about a bit later. Yeah. Uh, I want us to go into what we saw yesterday. Yeah. The heat resistant varieties which ones are these what farmers can do how long do they take is it a ref uh, what what do you rotate the potatoes with so probably yeah. we can start with the heat uh, resistant varieties. yeah sure so as agrico east africa here mm -hmm. in kenya we've registered 13 varieties okay. and with kefis mm -hmm. but we've commercialized four mm -hmm. of them right now okay because we said most farmers actually only know one potato variety or two, that okay. is mostly Shangi yes. and maybe Dutch Robin. Some parts they know Unica, Alika, um, I've heard of Stephen. Um, but the potato farmers in Kenya are not so much aware of all the different varieties that can be there for different purposes and different economic, uh, agroecological zones. Yes. So we said we introduced four, and out of those four, interestingly, three have some good heat tolerance. Um, that is Destiny, Manitou, and Rudolph. Destiny, Manitou, and Rudolph. Yes. I think you've I've shared uh, the flyer with you guys. Yes, our um, producer, if you can actually just uh, showcase it. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, I think it's this one. Uh, yes, yes, correct. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, these different uh, varieties um, have some heat tolerance, mm -hmm. but be very careful. Heat tolerance doesn't mean that it is also drought tolerance. <laughs> I was about to ask the same no, question. No, no, no. So, like you said earlier, yes. Um, uh, um, potatoes uh, or tuber crops need enough water to grow mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. um, so they can be with some hot temperatures but not with drought. drought. Okay. Potatoes 80% water actually just like you and me we're also 80% uh -huh. water yes, yes. so you don't give the potato crop enough water definitely you will not get your high yields. So it is heat tolerant not drought correct. tolerant. Yes correct yeah mm -hmm. and with heat we mean it can go up to maybe 35 40 degrees but we should not have daytime temperatures of beyond 40 degrees the potato doesn't like that it can be 35 yes do you know that large-scale potato production under irrigation in places like egypt yes algeria mm -hmm. i have seen afghanistan yes. iran Ooh, and yes. then other, those areas are very hot it can get very hot 
and I hear one of the eateries in Kenya is uh, importing potatoes from Egypt. <laughs> I will not mention So I hear <laughs> as well. But why, that's an why interesting is it? point. Why is it that people going? They need a potato with specific characteristics that are good to make chips out of them. And they're saying right now they cannot grow that potato in Kenya all year round. And that is because 80% of our potato farmers are planting with the rain, or maybe even 90%. Um, and so when it is uh, the right season, they can get enough of the right potatoes. Yes. But when it's off season, they will struggle to get the right potatoes. Um, because they have standard operating procedures where they say, okay, all our chips must be fried for 1.5 minutes okay. at 180 degrees all over the world. And so they need a potato that can fit that requirement. For the time that they've been here, is there a variety that probably you can mention to just for farmers? Which variety yeah. do you think that can match their standard? So one variety of ours is called Marquis, okay. which is a great variety for making chips. Okay. And uh, actually, yeah, we see that some of the fast food chains, the local fast food chains are using that mm -hmm. um, for the production. So mm -hmm. we are really happy with that. Um, Marquis produces oval shaped tuber. Um, so that means when you are cutting your tuber into chips, you get yes. nice long French fries. Um, but also it has a high dry matter content, meaning it has relatively more starch and relatively less water. Um, so that when you're frying it, it doesn't absorb so much oil. So that's also more economical than processed. So, so, viazi There's a famous saying that says, Waruni uh, chips. So it's not just potato, it's not just potato. No, no. So you have different potatoes for wow. chips, okay. for crisps, mm -hmm. for mashing, mm -hmm. for stews, um, as well as potatoes with different maturing periods. Which is the best? Which is the best of, uh, of all your varieties? I can say four varieties. Which is yes. the best that a farmer can engage in with a hundred thousand shillings and are sure of getting something out of it? And uh, we will go back to the hundred thousand shillings. Some a farmer has asked, what is the potential yield? Uh, yeah, we will do that as yes, close. very good question. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I often get the question which is the best, and then I usually respond to that with a counter question Noah, do you have children? <laughs> yes, how many? <laughs> Three. Which one is the best? It's all of them. <laughs> but no, I, I'm the mother of the potatoes, so to me they're all good. Okay, probably you can but, ask. Yes. yes, I'm sure amongst your three children, one is maybe more hardworking. One is maybe more organized. Yes. One is maybe makes you laugh and <laughs> you know they have different characteristics. So same for our potatoes. Yes. yes. What you see is that um, because there are not so many processing varieties available in Kenya, our yes. processing varieties have a very high demand. Mm -hmm. That is Destiny and Marquis. Okay. Yeah, we see a very high demand for them from the end market, the off-takers who make crisps or chips. And the good thing is that they have a predictable demand all year round because we eat chips in the cafeterias every day. So that means also the processor needs potatoes every day to supply. All year round. That's yes. Another question. And this is now the invitation to farmers who are listening and especially the irrigation farmers and why we were in Kajadu yesterday. Can we convince you to grow potatoes off season so that we bridge that gap? that the processes are facing, yes. where there's potato shortage and they can't get the right potato. Um, and they then have to revert either to alternative options like importing or using uh, maybe a, a potato that's not so suitable for chips for that purpose. What is off-season? Yeah, so that's a good question. I was asked the same yesterday. Um, in most of Kenya, we have two rain seasons. Okay. Um, so most parts of Kenya we plant in 
March, April, mm -hmm. and then for the, that's for the long rains, and then again in uh, let's say September for the short rains. Yes. I know those sides of Meru, Mount Kenya is a little bit different, but the rest of the country follows that pattern. Yes. And so off season would be somebody who is able to plant, let's say in December or January, mm -hmm. um, when it's actually the hottest, driest season. Yes. <clears throat> and rain-fed farmers would not think of planting. Yes. So if you've planted last month, I think you should be good to go. By the time you're harvesting in April, there, yeah, is usually a shortage of potatoes, and I don't think you should struggle to get market. And is there a problem harvesting when it's uh, <coughs> harvesting when it's hot, when it's raining, like onions? Yes, there is, uh, because um, if it's too wet, then of course a lot of the soil will stick to your tubers, which is uh, inconveniencing, and uh, yeah, means also that it will inflate the price. Um, but also if potatoes get rained on, they can very quickly start rotting. So you don't want your potatoes to be kept in water. So, so yeah, it is true that if you're planting in the off season and then you're going to harvest with the raining period, mm -hmm. you need to time yourself very well. So post-harvest management is very critical as well. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, there's quite a lot of questions coming through, which we'll send them to you as well. Uh, where can a farmer get certified seeds? That's a question that yep. is coming after every five minutes. Yes. Where can farmers get uh, certified seeds? Okay, great. So we are selling our seeds uh, all from our farm in Nakuru. Okay. Um, we are about 25 kilometers outside of Nakuru town, mm -hmm. on the way towards uh, Baringo, Maringo. Okay. Yes. Okay. And um, every uh, Wednesday and Friday mm -hmm. is when we serve the smallholder farmers okay. with their orders. Our potato seed is kept in a cold store mm -hmm. and when we remove the seeds from the cold store they need conditioning, warming up to the outside temperatures for yes. about two days before the potato seeds can be ready to dispatch. Okay. So we dispatch seeds every Wednesday and Friday so we request that farmers place their orders in advance. What is the minimum by calling uh, amount? Us. 50 kg is 50 the minimum, we sell a 50 kilo bags, yes, so no farmer is too small for us, okay. um, but we like to know when the farmer is coming. When so, the farmer then comes to collect his seed, yes. he's encouraged to inspect his seed um, upon collection, mm -hmm. and we then also train the farmer once more on this potato farming 2.0, okay, the right techniques, So because it's a big investment for the farmer, the seed, and we want to make sure that that investment pays out for the farmer. Okay. So that he can harvest a good yield, he is going to smile at the end of the day, and he will also come back to Agrico next season to buy more seeds. Fantastic! We have very few minutes remaining. Yes. I just wanted us to, to mention about the National Potato Council, and yes. specifically the 50 kilogram package. I saw that uh, I think one of the social media handles yours. Yes. You, uh, I think you almost uh, stood and started clapping because of this. Do you think it is viable? Is it happening? Is it a reality, or it's something that? Uh, it's just for the for the big. Um, so I think uh, change comes slowly, um, and we're changing a habit that has been there for many years. Um, but uh, what we're seeing is that yes, there is a, a, a law that uh, says we should pack our potatoes in 50 kilo bags yes. and sell them only in that unit. Um, I think it's very good because right now many times farmers are selling potatoes in an extended bag yes. and then sometimes it's very hard to gauge if they're getting a fair price for it. Um, and the size of the bag differs per county. Mm -hmm. So I know in maybe Gusingisha and Elke Maraquet, mm -hmm. there's a double bag yes. and maybe in Nyeri it is a, a heaped bag. Yes. And so that also that makes it difficult to compare potato prices across. What we would like to see is that farmers get paid per kilo. Okay get 
paid for their produce per kilo. So whether it's heaped or not, it's, it's per kilo. It should be paid per kilo, but then it's easier to make the 50 kilo bag a standard unit size. Yes. And actually the reason why the 50 kilo bag was implemented mm-hmm. uh, is coming from the ILO, the International Labour Organization. Because what happens up country, people are lifting those bags and putting them in a truck. Those big bags can break your back. I go to my kids sometimes and I see somebody with like almost half bent and the 90 yeah. kilogram bags and you're wondering okay so it's so it's so it's coming all the way from ILO not just something about the packaging okay. um so I think ILO made a recommendation yes. that yeah for, takes care of the workers to be healthy mm-hmm. it's good that we uh, limit the, the weight okay. of the potato bag Interesting. also potatoes are quite sensitive to bruising so if you have a very big bag mm. it becomes also difficult to handle so there's more chance of bruising potatoes at the bottom may get squashed as well and that will compromise your quality which at the end of the day means that yeah when you're selling it your buyer will not be happy and so that's uh, technically that is uh, post harvest management yes interesting thank you very much uh corinne for being with us here something somebody is asking is what is the potential yield per acre yes having done uh, all factors constant yes. with 100,000 shillings proper land preparation yeah what is the potential yield per acre and yeah. how much in terms of selling yeah very important and question. also uh, something important who is buying it? oh okay. apart from Marikiti right because I know most farmers yes. sure yes so yeah first of all actually we started calculating our our business case and yes. we stopped halfway so we calculated the cost yes. which was coming to about a hundred one twenty thousand yes so now when it comes to your yield if you followed our advice mm-hmm. both the certified seeds and the right quality inputs yes. and the farming methods yes. as a farmer you should be looking at a harvest not less than 10 tons Okay. If you're doing tons. less than 10 tons, we're not in business. You're not an agripreneur. It has 10 to be tons 10 is, tons and above. Yes, that should be your target. 10,000 kilos. So we've planted 1,000 kilos of seed and we are looking for a conversion of maybe 1 to 10. Okay. Um, okay. If the first season you get 8 tons, don't worry. You're, you're going to learn. You're going to improve. That is also your classroom. The farm is your classroom. So you keep learning and improving. What is the minimum size of land that a farmer should think of doing when they're doing potatoes? Because we, when, when you when you when you yeah. drive when you drive towards Dorage, you find some yeah. very small, some very big. Yeah. Uh, what, what are the factors? So assuming that this is a commercial farmer, not a subsistence farmer. Yes. It depends on the market. Mm-hmm. Some of the buyers have a weekly requirement, maybe one ton. Okay. And one ton you can get from even a quarter acre. If you do a quarter acre well, yes. you can actually get a pickup to two, two tons. Um, so even an eighth of an acre can do, depending on your market. But there are also buyers who need a hundred tons of it. And so in that case, now if we say the conversion factor is 10, because that's easy for mathematics. Yes. So that means if they need a hundred tons a week, you could even plant 10 acres. So, uh, and, and how, does, how, does, how does a farmer, you know, I think most of us as farmers, we want to shortcut way of give me a buyer. Where can farmers yep. go and get these buyers? Yeah. So, first of all, the farmers can follow us on Facebook, Agriculture okay. Day. When farmers buy certified seeds from us and they do not have markets mm-hmm. at the end of the growing season, yes. um, we try to assist them also with market linkage because we know some of the buyers who have developed a preference for our varieties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we can assist. The linking is no guarantee. Okay. Uh, you can introduce me to your brother. <laughs> it doesn't mean that there's going to be a wedding, right? right. So it 
it is an introduction, but yes. the farmer still needs to negotiate. So the farmer has to pitch. Yes. So do you think that is a factor that farmers need to start learning on how to pitch the market? And all yes, that? and actually it's absolutely important that farmers start thinking about the market at the time of variety selection. Because like I explained, there are some varieties that are good for chips, some that are good for mashing. They have very different characteristics. Don't grow a potato that is good for mashing, thinking you're going to sell it to those fast food chains because you will not succeed. Okay. So you need to think who is my target market. Uh And all markets can be good and all markets have massive demand. Interesting. Okay. Maybe just to take you back on the yield. So we said 10 tons should be your target, Mm -hmm. but we've seen farmers in Kenya achieve even 15, 18, some very good ones, even 20 tons an acre. So imagine in the tons. beginning I told you about three to four tons an acre or four to five tons an acre yes. average. Yes, that is fourfold or fivefold. Mm. Can you imagine? Yes, you invest more, but your profit, of course. I mean, wow. you're making a lot of money in that case. Potato prices fluctuate massively throughout yes. the season the year. and the year. Mm-hmm. I have heard of potato prices as low as eight shillings a kilo XK. Mm. Eight, eight shillings. Eight shillings a kilo mm. X farm. I've heard of potato prices also as high as 40 shillings a kilo X one. Offset. Yeah. Must be offset. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if I cannot predict what prices are going to do, and of course, the more we start growing off season, the more prices will normalize. This is ultimately what we want. So on average. So let's say work with an average of. 25 shillings. 20, 25. Okay. So it's so 10 tons. So let's say you're getting 10 tons. Even at the lower price of 20 shillings a kilo, mm-hmm. what is your revenue? 200,000 shillings. So yeah, your cost of input? 120 if you are irrigation. Yeah. And so it, it all depends on your production. Yes. Land preparation, crop management. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and God, to help the millions. Exactly. Because yes. even if prices drop to 15 shillings a kilo, mm-hmm. you are still breaking even and making a little but if your productivity stays at four tons an acre, yes. even at 20 shillings, 25, you're not making money, uh-huh. right? So we as farmers, what we can control is our yes. productivity, not 100% because we depend on the weather. Of course, we're not in a micro environment. Especially the erratic weather now. Yes, yes. Yeah. But try as much as you can to improve your productivity um, through the factors that you can control. How many times can a farmer grow? One last question coming out. How many uh, times can a farmer grow potatoes on the same piece of land before yeah. rotating? So we, we, we always advocate for crop rotation and a rotation of one in four. That means if I've grown potatoes on this piece of the shampa now, yeah, yes. I don't come back until I've done another three crops. So then my fourth crop can be potato again. Other crops that you can grow, spinach, uh, onions, cabbage, carrots, maize, wheat, canola, very nice for cleaning up your soils. Mm-hmm. So a whole range, but should not be in the potato family. In the solanaceous. Yes, that is exactly. tomatoes. Uh, no tomatoes, no eggplant, no, no managu, managu, no tobacco. Chilies. Pilipili hoho. Pilipili hoho, yes, yes, yes. 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 Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And when you see volunteer potatoes coming up in your crop, in mm-hmm. your other crop, remove them. Because they can still be inhibitors of diseases, diseases. and we don't want them to so stay t- alive. So potatoes is very sensitive. Extremely, yes. Thank you very much, Corinne, for being here. We know we ambushed you and you're here. Thank you very much for the information. I'm being told to tell you to look at that camera and give the parting shots to farmers, those who wow. want to grow tomatoes or those who want to start being managers of farms and not farmers. That is 
uh, you're cutting short and being asked if you can mix both Kiswahili and English. Wow. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> that is our no, 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 that was my party shot <laughs> I even know it in, in Kikuyu Uga Waru Uga Agriko okay. yes. but I would like to encourage farmers mm-hmm. and say that um, thanks to access to good seeds yes. and, and good farming methods yes. as a farmer you can increase your profitability right. your own food security yes. but we can also help the industry yes to get enough produce to grow and to become more efficient and to stop imports for example and even to start exporting there are some companies who export kenyan crisps and chefda outside which is amazing mm-hmm. but also let's increase potato productivity from our land because at the end of the day as a nation yes. we need to be food secure yeah. and potato is a very good alternative uh, staple crop very nutritious yes. has a high uh, nutritional value mm-hmm. um, higher than maize mm-hmm. um, so it can be a good alternative to add to your diet so let's also make sure, sure that we become food secure as Kenya mm-hmm. um, we have the land available we have the knowledge available seed is now available from agriculture all year round we now want the farmers to do their part as well okay thank, thank you, you very much thank you for those who watched us who've been following us uh, there's still a lot of, a lot of questions that you've asked here follow agrico uh, ea on uh, on uh, social media on, uh, on facebook as well and uh, there's a lot of information that is there corinne will also share some of the information that some of the videos on how to plant how to prepare your land how to make sure that you're becoming profitable remember our aim is to help you attain knowledge and grow profits to move from uh, being farmers and producers into businessmen thinking on business women as well thinking about money thinking about how you're going to going to, to get back your investment that you put in your farm Thank you for having watched us say uh, and, and uh, all the, the my whole team uh, having made sure that this has been produced well for you to hear Asante sana and uh, starting with Jackie Mo behind the scenes there and then Sarah as well and the whole team behind it thank you very much Corinne for being here from here from my desk here I say sema potato sema till next time You have definitely learned a thing or two with this episode if so subscribe learn and share and let us transform the livelihoods of african farmers one farmer at a time